You're listening to Blood on the Tracks on TMB DOS Radio, a monthly, hour-long exploration and celebration of film soundtracks and scores. Hello and welcome back to Blood on the Tracks, an exploration and celebration of movie soundtracks and scores, and this is episode number 12. I am your host, Lee Russell, and we're back for part two of my favorite pieces from westerns, uh, selections from my favorite westerns, my favorite soundtracks and scores for westerns, and I have come to the conclusion that there is indeed going to be a part three as well. I just started falling down the bloody rabbit hole again, and, oh wait, this movie, oh wait, this song, oh wait, this track, and even discovered a couple that I hadn't even known about, and they instantly had to be on the list. So, yeah, I'm having fun with this. So there is going to be a part three. I'm going to end it at three parts. We're not going to go too crazy with this. We want to move on to something else, keep things a little fresh on this show. But yeah, we're back and we're going to be looking at some stuff here. So first off, we're going to have three little selections here. First off, just a Stone Cold classic that pretty much everybody knows. This might be outside of uh, the Morricone, uh, Leone collaborations for Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. And maybe Once Upon a Time in the West or... Maybe just, you know, the Dollars uh, films. This is probably the most well-known Western theme, I would imagine. At least in a general populist kind of sense. And this would be the theme for The Magnificent Seven from Elmer Bernstein. I get a kick out of the secular nature of how these films sort of inform each other. The Magnificent Seven being a remake of The Seven Samurai. But Akira Kurosawa basically taking... Yojimbo and Seven Samurai, directly influenced by the movies of, of Ford and other classic westerns. These things keep informing each other and going around in circles, so I, I do love that. And uh, yeah, it's a great piece of music. After that, we're going to look at one of my favorites, and this is much more of a well-known favorite and classic for people who are, you know, diehard spaghetti western enthusiasts. And I think most people just know this one now thanks to Quentin Tarantino with his Django Unchained. And of course it's going to be Django from the film Django from 1966. And uh, Louis Bacaloff uh, with Rocky Roberts doing the vocals. There was also a Italian, it was either Italian or Spanish language version as well uh, with vocals. And it's a great score. Then we're going to move on to the Django that nobody really remembers or wants to talk about. Uh, that's Django Strikes Again from 1987. This, this will be the song Durango from that, basically the main title song from Gianfranco Plinizio. Django Strikes Again is not a great movie. I mean, making a spaghetti western in 1987 just doesn't really click very well. They try to sort of borrow from other... Uh, sources as well you know they, they try to make it more like a Rambo movie to a certain extent and it just I don't know Franco Nero's game but the story is just kind of sucks there, there, there's a lot of interesting things in it but nothing seems to gel together um, it is worth a watch though I would say that uh, so we'll, we'll look at these songs and then we'll be right back <laughs> Thank you. 
us some fun now. We're going to be looking at some more spaghetti westerns. Surprise, surprise. We're going to be looking at two selections from the Sabata films. Uh, the very first film, Sabata, actually. And this is from 1969. This, of course, is the Lee Van Cleef uh, starring role here as Sabata. Sabata was a sort of a derivative or copy of Sartana. The original Sartana film was directed by Gianfranco Perolini, and then on the quality of his work, he was then hired by the producer of that film to make the Sabata films. And Sabata is sort of a more, he's a slightly more James Bond version of Sartana, uh, and a little bit more humor-based, I guess, uh, to a certain extent here. You also have William Berger in this, and William Berger was also in the Sartana film as the bad guy in that. Here he's more of a Shades of Grey kind of rival called Banjo. These are these are real fun films, and I highly recommend at least the first and the, the third one. <laughs> the second one has Yul Brynner for some weird reason. Uh, I can't remember the details on that right off bat, but uh, the second one ended up starring Yul Brynner, and it was just totally different. But the first track we're going to look at here is Hey, amigo, che savata, hai chuzo. That's the, that's the name of the fucking track. And then we're going to look at banjo, single version, also from Sabata. And uh, these are done both by Marcello Giambini. And then we're going to finish off with some old friends from the previous episode. <laughs> uh, we're going to be looking at Wolf from Manaja. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, from 1977. One of the last real spaghetti westerns. And uh, this is by Guido and Maurizio DeAngelis, our old friends. But we're also coming back to um, not quite the pairing of Sybil and Guy from Kioma previously, but Guy is returning here. And I did a little bit more research to try to figure out just what these guys' backgrounds were. Uh, Sybil was Susan Duncan or Susie Lyon, born in Edinburgh, Scotland. And she was the lyricist and, uh, of course, the member of the duet Sybil and Guy a.k.a. Susie and Guy, apparently. And Guy, it was uh, Cesar de Natal from Tuscany. And he was a member of both, of course, Sybil and Guy and something called the Holly Pops, also a group called Dandelion. And he was married to Sybil, so that, that was the, the pairing there. But here he's pretty much doing the vocals all on his own, I guess. It sounds like there's someone else in the vocals here that sort of sounds like David Bowie to a certain degree, but... Uh, from what I understand, he's the one who's doing it here. So uh, we're, we're going to listen to this. Again, this is one of those, you're either going to really love it or you're going to really hate it based on the vocal performances here, but I think it's pretty cool. And uh, once we listen to that, we'll be back for the second half of the show after some messages. All right, guys. Hey, amico. C'è sabata. Hai chiuso. <laughs> <laughs> Sabata, 
Budget crap fests to downright unwatchable. And only two men 
are willing to watch them all. So climb in and take your seat. This is Short Bus Cinema. Let's do it. Hey everyone, this is Johnny Krug from Kruger Nation. And this is Rick Morgan from the Helming Power Hour. And we have decided to team up and take you where no one has gone before. We're on a quest to find the world's worst movie, and we're doing it on the bus. Driving through cult classics in every genre to find the holy grail of bad movies. So if you're looking for something different and more fun than you can stand, then climb on in. Short Bus Cinema is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. That's right, yo! Short Bus Cinema. We'd love to watch the movies you hate. back for the second half of the show now uh, we're gonna take some selections here a couple more american selections as i mentioned before there was some stuff i was coming across in my research that i w- actually was not familiar with but was so good i had to add it to the lists in at least one of these episodes uh, one such selection is joe kidd from 1972 uh, john sturgis western with clint eastwood robert duvall haven't seen this one apparently um Eastwood plays a bounty hunter or just ex-gunman or something along those lines who's basically hired by a wealthy landowner in Robert Duvall who wants him to hunt down a Mexican revolutionary of some sort. But we're going to look at the main title from Joe Kidd by Lalo Schifrin. Then we're going to move on to El Duguelo. I'm probably mispronouncing that. From Rio Bravo, 1959. This is done by Dimitri Tompkin. Going back to what I was saying about how there's so many influences within the Western genre, um, how a lot of these classic films sort of informed the spaghetti Westerns that would come later. Dimitri Tomkin was an influence on Sergio Leone as he was sort of thinking out these sort of films. For a fistful of dollars, he told Ennio Morricone, make Dimitri Tomkin music basically, for this film. Make your soundtracks sound at least something along the lines of Dimitri Tompkin. And you can sort of see that, especially in the Dollars films. But we're not going to play something from the Dollars films, at least not in this episode. We're going to move on to Ennio Morricone's El Trello. I'm an idiot for trying to pronounce that in sort of an Italian inflection. I apologize, but um, El Trello, the trio from The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, classic piece of music... 1966 and yeah we're gonna go through those and we're gonna come back to close out the show after that
right, we're going to close out the show now. we got a few more songs to go through here. This was one that was brought to my attention by Jeff Williams on the Facebook group. They must be destroyed on site on Facebook, the best place to get in touch with us and, f- and find out what's going on in both the Must Be Destroyed on Site podcast and this podcast, Blood on the Tracks. So there you go. He suggested a song from a movie called Rita of the West or Little Rita or Crazy Westerners, depending on where what title you take. Uh, an Italian Western, 1968. And this is starring someone named Rita Pavoni, who was a, still is, alive uh, actress and singer. Was a bit of a pop sensation in the 60s and 70s from Italy. Sort of reminds me of a, a bit more softer voiced version of like Wanda Jackson or something like that, but much cuter. Really nice personality. I've been watching a lot of her clips. I sort of fell in love with her as as soon as I started watching this clip that uh, Jeff Williams sent. And then I started watching more of her stuff. And I definitely want to see this movie at some point. The song is called Per Un Colpo di Pistola. And this looks this looks cool. It's, it's, it seems to be a combination of musical and spaghetti western. Uh, it's got Terrence Hill in it, which is uh, pretty cool. And yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to checking this out. Apparently she starred in a bunch of movies in the 60s. And uh, I'm kind of interested in seeing these now. Like I said, I kind of took a shine to her. Very, very cute. Very, very cute. And uh, like I said, a bit more of a personality in her performances and stuff than you would typically see from... Uh, girl groups and uh single girl performers in uh in that period next we're going to look at the theme from dead man from 1995 the jim jarmusch film neil young did the soundtrack he did it uh well neil young and jarmusch are both very eccentric kind of guys he basically just had neil young watch the movie and strum his electric guitar as he was watching the movie and that's how he did the soundtrack for the damn thing uh this theme actually doesn't even appear on the soundtrack itself uh it was like released as a separate uh, single or something along those lines but uh the movie black and white very art house very esoteric surreal almost kind of western shot in black and white johnny depp playing a character named william blake not the poet but uh he runs into a crazy indian who mistakes him for the poet William Blake, and they go on this sort of meditative uh, journey, and he gets shot at one point, and he, he's slowly dying as he as he journeys on, and he meets all these eccentric and weird characters. Robert Mitchum's in this, one of his, if not his last role, I can't quite remember, but and I know a lot of people don't seem to like this all that much. Like a lot of diehard, there's a lot of diehard Neil Young fans who kind of dismiss this as just being kind of flaky with no focus i think that's kind of the point there's not much focus in the film either and i think it fits very very well uh for what they were going for here and neil young's a very experimental guy he's always willing to try new stuff and if you don't like it you don't give a fuck uh that's why i want i'm a really big fan of his music um and when he fucking rocks he fucking rocks and i think this soundtrack is very very good in that way it there are moments where it picks up and it's it's very nice um and then we're going to finish off with uh trinity totally or titles from they call me trinity from 1970 another terrence hill uh movie terrence hill and bud spencer um 
collaborated for a long, long time doing a lot of different films. They did a bunch of spaghetti westerns, though. Um, sort of comedic spaghetti westerns. Uh, buddy duo kind of thing here. And, um, yeah, this is just a fun song. It's It's a different take on... You know, the Spaghetti Western branching out, doing different things, doing comedy, etc., etc. I just really like it. And you'll you'll know this song instantly if you watch Django Unchained because uh, it ends on that sort of beat. Uh, Quentin Tarantino sort of switches the direction of the film and all of a sudden it's a uh, Trinity film. Fun, fun stuff. Hope I hadn't taken up too much of your guys' time uh, rambling on here. Um, I'm just not that great off the cuff. I have some notes, but man, I kind of... I kind of shit the bed when I when I try to ramble on a little too much. Um, so we're going to end this now, and we will see you guys in part three of my favorite tracks, favorite scores, soundtracks, what have you, from Westerns next month. All right, guys. See you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>
quick note, guys, I forgot to credit who was behind the Trinity song. <laughs> um, Franco Micazelli, Harold Stott, and a person called David King going under the um, moniker Annie Bale uh, singing the lyrics. So there you go, guys. Sorry about that. Uh, see you next episode. type guy always takes his time soon I know you'll be changing your mind when you've seen him use a gun when you've seen him use a gun he's the top of the west always cool he's the best he keeps alive with his car He's the top of the West Always cooler, he's the best He keeps alive with this cult Fortified Who's the guy who's riding to town? In the prairie sun You won't bother to fool him around When you've seen him use a gun Boy, when you've seen him use his gun listening to Blood on the Tracks. For other episodes of this program, as well as episodes of our main podcast, They Must Be Destroyed on Sight, please visit us at tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you. Drive through.